This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays. Except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now, even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss along with Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users, get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with just a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. It's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. This is Chris Liss. You are listening to the East Coast Offense Podcast. I am joined by Yahoo Sports' Dalton Del Don. And it's been a couple weeks, man, because I traveled to Germany. So we, we missed a week. Yeah, it's great to be back. So let's hear it. How is it so far? Uh, it's pretty chill. It's pretty nice. Um, we have some immigration issues, so I don't know how long. I mean, we're hoping we resolve those and we can stay here the whole year. But we actually got rejected um, after waiting online for quite a while um, and putting together a lot of different paperwork. So we're, we kind of fucked up. I, I can't get into the, all the details. It's really frustrating. So further rejection, I know you were worried before you went, but I mean, is this even more yes. news? Like, yes. Well, been- basically that earlier rejection we got in the States because we didn't know what we were doing. The woman looked at it and was like, no, they rejected you. I have to agree with my colleague. It was like, uh, it was like a bad precedent, but also, it's, it's a long story, but, well, I'll just, it's fucking boring, but I'll say it anyway. Who cares? Just fast forward part, this part of the podcast. But basically, when we applied, they rejected us because we didn't show any cultural connection. So we'd contact this lawyer, and he wrote us this letter. We translated all these documents and all the shit. It was expensive. And, uh, and we emphasized our cultural collection, my, connection. That was mine was I'm going to recruit Bundesliga writers, which is actually something I'm supposed to do. Andrew Laird, who runs soccer, was like, yeah, if you could get me some writers, that would be great. So it's like something I'm actually going to do, but it's not why I'm here. And then Heather, you know, sold German wines for a long time, and now she's going to travel around and, you know, whatever. That's what we said. So a friend of Heather's cousin's aunt's whatever 
lives here, and her husband was very kind to come at like nine in the morning and meet us at the immigration place and translate for us. They just don't speak English. So he shows up, and we tell him, yeah, you know, we're trying to emphasize this Bundesliga thing and this other thing. So he goes in with that. And Heather doesn't give the lawyer's letter to the people because Boris, our friend, is, like, doing all this translating for us. And you could see that, like, it's not going well by the looks on their faces. It's these bureaucrats. And basically they said, now nah, you could do one of these cultural things in three months, which is totally true. And then apparently the lawyer's letter laid out that that wasn't the criteria under which we were trying to get in. That was just an enhancement for the criteria we were using. But because we explained that to him because we thought that was important and he explained it to them, then we got put under a different category, which is like this freelance category where you have to prove that you need to be here, which we couldn't. But we were supposed to be in a totally different category, but they never found that out. So now we got two rejections on our record. But we're going to have to go back one more time and explain there's this other sort of wild card category you can get in on. So I'm sorry it's boring, but, uh, but we're a little bit in limbo. I still think it's going to work, but I think we caused ourselves some unnecessary uh, stress and delay. And how long, when, when is that deadline? I mean, when would you have to be out of there? Six you got, months? You got to leave after three months if you don't have any reason to oh. stay. But you could, like, what's that? You're planning, and you're planning on a year, right? Oh, yeah, well, we rented our house out for a year, you know, so, cool. like, but, I mean, we could go somewhere else. Heather's been looking at some other places. It's just that it's smooth. We're here. The apartment is awesome, man. The ceilings are 18 feet high. And I was telling Heather this, you know, if you look at a house in the U.S., you're like, how many square feet is it? Right. You're like, okay, it's 2,000 square feet. Thing is, it's not, you don't live in square foot. You live in volume. You live in three dimensions. So when you have 18 foot ceilings, the place just seems vast and the windows are floor to ceiling. So there's like so much light and the floor, the wood floors, like you couldn't even buy wood floors like this in the U S all the furniture. It's just very, it's a very cool place. Like I want to invite people out here just because they'll think I'm cooler than I am. Yeah. I could see that very, very easily. I could see that. This is a place that somebody much cooler than me. And that means so much cooler than you would live in, right? This is not, this is way cooler than my house in LA. Nice. So, uh, what, uh, how worried are you? How concerned are you? I mean, you really only get one more chance and then you're, you're done I mean, for three strikes. Just, you're out. It's not like that. It's not like you go to jail or something. It's just <laughs> like you, you run out of options. Like what else are you going to really do? I'm and not the more they about, I, I feel you, like we're going to get it. I feel like we're going to get it. We have a contact. We got it. You know, that woman was, she was not incorrect in her ruling. She was just a little looking to say no, you know? Um, and, you know, we're not political refugees from Syria. Like, if they say no, it's not the end of the world for us. But we really do want to stay. We really like the city. Um, it's just chill, man. Like, my street is good. There's all these restaurants on it. There's all this shit to do. There's a farmer's market four blocks away. Every day we walk like four miles throughout the city with Sasha, take her to like five different playgrounds, go get some ice. There's ice cream everywhere, man. It's the best ice cream. There's like a lot of very good ice cream places. And it's we're behaving as though we're writing an ice cream blog, that that's why we're here. Like, in fact, if we yeah. lied and said we're here to write an ice cream blog, that might actually work because we could actually back it up with the names of all the places we've been and all the different ice creams we've eaten. And Sasha thinks like, oh yeah, ice cream every day. This is, she thinks this is the greatest place ever. 
See, the problem is you needed to get that done before you arrived because the, the more they get to know you, the, the less likelihood they, you know, of your chance of you being retained there. So it, Yeah, you, it was odd. I mean, there were like immediately when I got there, there were like five terrorist attacks. So right. I, don't know if, I don't know if that's connected or not, but it wasn't. It doesn't where, bode well. Where would you go if it doesn't work? What, I mean, you're going to stay in Europe, right? Yeah. Well, you can't. There's these. Um, man, we're really getting in the weeds here. But there's these Schengen countries, and the Schengen countries is a treaty. And you, we thought, ah, oh, if we don't get here, we'll just go to Spain, and no problem. But Spain's a Schengen country, so you have to leave for six months before you can go to another one. It's unless you get an extension from Spain. The problem with Spain is. They won't let you apply for an extension except in your home country's Spanish embassy. So we would have to go back to L.A. or very, at the very least New York to reapply, which is just – fuck that. I'm not doing that, right? Like all of us. It's not like – Heather's like, oh, I would just go and you, you guys could be here or whatever. But no, it's all of us that have to get planes. It's just not worth it, okay? So that's out. But the U.K. and Ireland are not, and you go to like Dublin. But Dublin, eh, I don't know. We like it here. Like this place is chill. And so we're, we're, I think we're going to figure it out, but it's no sure thing. And dude, we don't speak German. Like <laughs> I thought that was no big deal. Cause I stayed in a hotel in like the touristy area last year and we walked around, but people speak pretty good English here, but in the neighborhood, not everybody does. And those immigration people don't speak a lick of it, believe it or not. Right. Well, that is interesting. Well, it's glad to have you, you know, connected. I, I talked to you on XM earlier this week, and we're finally back podcasting. I, I made you stay up. What is it, past midnight your time? I had to hammer out a post-MLB uh, um, trade deadline article, and I, you know, I couldn't do it earlier. I had to wait till all the moves, and some of the moves didn't come in until about a half hour after the, the actual deadline. Nothing too amazing or anything, but I was required to write a fantasy risers and fallers column. So it's 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 twelve fifteen a.m. your time. So Let's do this. First and foremost, how much NFL drafting have you done to date? Not very much. I've done the, the Stopa Law Firm auction, obviously, with you, and I've done two MFLs. Um, I'm not sure how where you are of those, but they're, uh, they're slow drafts. You get eight hours on the clock. Hopefully people don't take nearly that time, and it's best ball. The only reason I would do that at this time of year, they're best ball leagues. So once you draft, then you're done. It sets your best lineup. I've done uh, two of those, but um, that even that was a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm basically entering um, – it's the quiet before the storm moment for me right now. What about yourself? I'm in right now currently drafting uh, two best balls, two MFLs, and I always take the same player in every league. It's just like it's so – I just it's the same guy. It's my pick. I get the same guy I picked last time. Why would I change my mind on who I want? What I like about the MFLs is you can take running backs early because part of the problem with taking running backs early in a standard league is your receivers, like from rounds three through 10 or whatever, are going to be, or four through 10, that, that batch of receivers that play sometimes or get targeted sometimes uh, are very hard to set lineups with. You're going to always make a mistake with receivers. Did you get Deshaun Jackson's big touchdown? Did you get Jeremy Macklin's eight-catch game? Or did you get his three-catch game, right? Guys like that. They're very hard week to week to deal with. But in the best ball, it kind of just goes away, all that lineup issue with the wide receivers, right? So you just get a bunch of them, and you're going to get their good games. You're not going to get whipsawed on the bench. And I think that actually is a lot – it's not the only reason wide receivers should be drafted ahead of running backs, but it's actually an overlooked one, and that does not apply in the best ball format. It's funny you say you end up with the same players because I'm two for two – 
um, in, in, in both MFL leagues. I mean, I started with David Johnson, and then I took Brandon Marshall. This was before Fitzpatrick resigned in round two. So I literally went with the same first-round pick and same second-round pick in, in both my MFLs. So it's, it's funny you say that because it seemingly happened the same exact for me as well. So I took uh, Brandon Cooks at eight overall in, in my first one. In my second MFL, I took Gurley at like six or whenever I picked. And then in round two, I got Brandon Cooks. And in round two, and the other one, I got Freeman. It, it, I don't know. They're all kind of structured the same way, though. I can't remember who I got in round three. Maybe I got I got C.J. Anderson in one or both, and and maybe Devontae Parker in round four and both. It's just the same guys there that you like, so you're taking them. I mean, what's the – you know, I guess if you were to pick on totally different sides of the draft, but when I picked eighth and sixth, it's similar right. enough. Right. Yeah, exactly. So are you going to start – how many leagues are you going to be in this year, do you think? Well, I don't count the MFLs because right, right. No, no, no I don't management. Um, and then Jeff and I are doing this like high stakes best ball F F F P C competition style. I don't, I don't really know. I had him do it because it was like overnight. I'm gonna be in two beat Chrysalis leagues for the NFFC, those three hundred fifty dollars online ones. I'm gonna be. I got the Stopa league. I got the Vegas league. We just drafted. I'm gonna be in the Stake league for RotoWire. I'm gonna be in. Yeah, Brad- Peter asked me. Peter asked me to be back in that one this year. I think. I, I think I am. Okay. That's easy money. So that's five. I'm going to be in Brad Evans' league, that Huevos league, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And then some dude invited me to something else, and I'm having Trevor do it, and I'm giving him half the money. And then – so I'm not going to set, lift a finger for that. Although I know Trevor's going to be, like, hungover and be like, dude, I don't have time to do the thing today. Do you mind? And I'm going to be like, no. But anyway, I don't know. Probably, like, eight, something like that. Yeah. I'll probably leave a couple not- out. I, I'm – spacing on a couple but yeah yeah that's not too bad i really try to limit baseball to six to seven but but football i can do like 10 to 12 it's it's much easier to manage football as it is to, to especially daily baseball leagues but um yeah that sounds about right I, i'll probably be around 10 to 12 myself yeah you know it's weird i'm kind of checking out of baseball because i can't play daily here they don't let me i tried to play just about every platform and Ugh. so that's fine. It's great. My life is better. Like, well, you, I don't... you checked out friends and family months ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm like four points behind you. I'm kind of checked out of what's going on in day-to-day baseball because I cannot do daily, but it's great for my life. It's like, oh, wow, I don't waste all this time sitting there like refreshing. But by doing that, you really absorb everything that's going on in baseball without trying. Right. And when you stop doing that, you're just kind of, eh, what's, I don't know. You see what's, you see what's going by your Twitter feed. But I'm not like – and I'll look at the box scores every night, but I'm not like, you know, moment to moment seeing how it's developing. I don't really know what's going on. I don't feel on top of it. And then in the NFBC, I do – my two online ones, I mean, I'm in like sixth, but I'm not that far out of second. And that still pays like 700 bucks. But I feel so lazy. Like I'll just like sort by most owned, bid on a couple guys I might need. I'm not doing any research. I'm not looking at the bottom of the list and seeing like – what sleepers are there that I can sneak? I'm just mailing it in, man. Yeah, I hear you. It, it, uh, this is a tough time in sports just in general. I mean, there's no basketball, no hockey if you're into that. Uh, football will pick up soon enough, but, I mean, it's still, you know, a week or two away. And baseball, this is just the dog days of summer. And especially if you're not in contention, it's tough to get motivated when you have a sixth-place team, you know, to try to move up a couple spots. So, yeah. Well, no, I mean, you're sixth place, but you're six points out of second, which pays 700 bucks. Yeah, then you should be halfway motivated. There. I know, but I'm just like, whatever. I'm, I don't know. I, I, have a, I have a team that's in first place, and I've been lazy with it. 
I mean, I'd make sure the lineup's set and, like, I do my pickups and stuff, but, like, I'm not watching the day-to-day. Yeah, I hear you. Well, you got to step it up. I mean, I guess you're too busy eating ice cream over there. The worst is going to be September when all the call-ups happen. Last year, I had a, my best year ever, and I was, like, on top of everything. You know, I was the guy picking up Corey Seager mid-August. I was the guy picking up anybody who got called up. I was on it before it happened. And this year, I'm not going to be that guy, unfortunately. You know, it's also just really frustrating talking about the trade deadline here is, is I don't know, I used to have a strategy of, of punting closers, and I've gone, I've gone away from that just because, mainly because their price has really gone down over the past, I'd say, three, four years. But what a joke. Like, I mean, so many closers have been traded away and now are set up, man, and you can just go from them being highly valuable to droppable in, in fantasy baseball, and it's... It's kind of really annoying. I mean, I guess I should factor that in more in my rankings and my drafting at the beginning of the year, just how likely these guys are to be traded. But even then, how likely is that team to trade for another? I mean, like Hector Rondon is a top five reliever oh, in baseball. Oh, yeah, you're all over Hector Rondon. I knew that was stupid at the time. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's like name one better reliever in baseball. They made a trade for the, the only one. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And then That was, that was, got, that was so dumb. Why were you so all in on Hector Rondon? That was Cody unf- Adams, unfathomable. You know, real, uh, Cubs have the best record in baseball, and he has like a one ERA. Yeah, how dumb of me! I know. Co- like, Cody Allen is terrible. I can't believe people are on Cody Allen. Those are both well, terrible act- picks. Yeah, I know he actually did well, and he's on a first place team. And I'm pissed at Lacroix. By the way, I have a sizable bet on the Indians to win the World Series at twenty three to one. That would have been real nice. If right. He- not only did he not go to the Indians, he goes to the Rangers, which is like probably right. who they're going to play in the you know ALCS. Not only that, I have another bet of the Astros to win that division. So that was like a twofold for me. I really hate Lacroix, but um. Uh, I, um, but at least they got Andrew Miller. I mean, they really could have used him, but now, but Tansis is suddenly a top five closer. Even if the Yankees don't win a ton of games, right. I mean, he's, he's sick. Um, so, so, and they trade away Chapman and Batances and there's so many, I mean, Jeffress was just traded from Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, there's so it's just Melanson and, and, left. And now Tony Watson's a closer. The Clippard was traded. I don't even know if he was the closer. And now this other dude in Arizona's got the job. Yeah. It's just been a huge thing. The funniest thing is in AL Tout Wars, my offense is terrible, but I'm hoping I've made a bunch of trades. I'm hoping like it kicks in the last two months. But I, I made the – my plan was to go Chapman, Batances, and Andrew Miller. I got all three, and I paid a lot for all three. But, you know, obviously I didn't pay like that much. And I got now three, three closers. closers. This guy's a ridiculous strikeout CRA whip and win. They even got some wins for me. And now I already traded Chapman for uh, Francisco Lindor. And then I'm, I'm trading. I'm trying to move Miller, or I also have Will Harris, who I picked up. So I just I'm just loaded with closers, um, and that strategy was really good this year because the Yankees turned turned that one closer and two elite setup guys into three closers. So I, I saved all. Uh, I have the hammer in NL labor. I have a hundred dollars fab still, and um, I'm not. It's half forgetting about it, and half um, because I thought that, you know the deadline was today. I kind of forgot that. Chapman and um, Eduardo Nunez could have been bid on last night. Right. And um, not only was there not a big move today as far as AL to NL, you know, I guess Josh Reddick and Matt Moore and Rich Hill are the biggest right. ones. Um, so I, I didn't get Chapman. And Nunez, uh, the Giants traded Matt, uh, Matt Duffy today, so Nunez is a regular. I mean, he led the AL in steals. So, right. you know, the thought he was maybe going to be a super utility guy. So I look pretty dumb there. I'm only in the middle of pack there. Anyway. I'm not, not going to win it, but still. I, sh- I probably should have went with Nunez or Chapman as opposed to the lack of blockbuster as far as AL coming to the senior circuit today. Yeah, well, don't worry. You're going to win our bet. I think we have like a $100 bet. My labor team is so bad. 
I'm going to be oh, showing good. out a decent amount of money from some of these side bets. I'm a little nervous about that. I've got to pass you in friends and family. That team's actually still good, and it's kind of well-situated with all the players I have. But, like, I've got to win some of these because I may end up shelling out, like, 700 bucks to various people. And I'm concerned about that cost. Yeah, I've ran Rondon in that league and another another closer that I – oh, I had Fernando Rodney and Rondon in, in, in friends and family. That's yeah. That's fun. Yeah, I, and I picked up all these closers. So I, I had Kimbrell. I bought Perkins. Kimbrell got hurt, but he's back pretty quickly now. Uh, I bought Perkins. He was a piece of shit and then got hurt. And then I got Alex Colome just because, eh, you know, Boxberger won't be back for a little bit. This always happens, by the way. If right. ever there's a guy, and this happened with Casey Jansen and I can't even remember, Hector Sanchez, whoever the guy was supposed to be. That's not his name. It's something like that. There's... There was supposed to be a closer in the Jays that was really good, but Casey Jansen was going to take over for the month while he you know, rehabbed his shoulder or whatever. And, of course, the guy never came back. Casey Jansen kept the job for the year. Same thing with Colome and Boxberger. It's like always take the guy with the job now. In, unless it's a Aroldis Chapman coming back from getting hit in the face or suspended, unless it's someone like that, they are not going to make room for the other guy. And plus the other guy's probably going to be hurt the whole season anyway. I was thinking about this, and those three guys you bought, those three relievers, uh, you know, given the final three months of the year, the, the amount of saves they're going to get, that, I mean, that the amount of money you spent, it's, gotta, it's almost got to be worth like a, like a Kershaw if he stayed healthy, right? Uh, probably better because more, the yeah. ratios and strikeouts are going to be the same as him. And it was cheap, And right wins. Then. And wins. They're yeah. going to get me – they've got me something like 11 wins so far, so they're going to get me like – 14, 15 wins. Okay, so Kershaw would have got like 20. So they'll get like 15. Well, and he costs less. I'm not even factoring that in. I mean, they probably cost 20 bucks less total, right? Oh, uh, they cost like 35. No, I mean, they, they cost a decent but, amount. You know, maybe okay. something 38 bucks or something like that. Uh, okay, okay. But a still. Couple, but no, no, no. They're going to have Kershaw strikeouts more than he would have had. Well, I got to look at the actual totals. They're going to have, you know, two-thirds of the wins or three-quarters of the wins. Their ratios are going to be close. But then I'm going to get, like, 60 saves. <laughs> like That's the other thing, right? It's like if Kershaw put up his numbers and he traded five wins for 60 saves. Yeah, that's crazy. I was just looking this up, writing this article, and maybe, uh, obviously, war is an imperfect stat. But since 2014, Dylan Batances has an eight war. The next highest reliever is uh, Chapman at 6.9. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he was putting up those numbers as a Yankee in a hitter's park. Okay. And he pitches a lot of innings, too, for a reliever, at least relative to today's age, today's yeah. Dick King. Yep. No, he's good. Um, I, I should actually add up their stats and keep a tally. It's, it would be interesting. You should. Yeah. So Chapman, 206 ERA, .83 whip. I mean, Kershaw was just ridiculous with that. But he has three wins, 21 saves, and in 35 innings, he has 50 Ks. Remember, he missed time, so his is a little less impressive than those other guys who played the entire year. Now, Andrew Miller... If we're going to add his stuff up, he had he has two of uh, oh sorry one thirty nine ERA point seven seven WHIP, seventy seven Ks and forty five in the third innings and six <laughs> wins okay and nine saves. Oh, I didn't realize he had six wins and wow. nine saves okay. And then Batances, this was like a really good strategy. It was the only thing I did right. Batances has a point nine nine WHIP, two fifty ERA, so nothing special. I mean, really good, but nothing special. 89 Ks and 50 in the third. He only has two <laughs> wins and he has no saves. So he hasn't actually 
He's got a lot of Ks, but he hasn't really helped you that. And, and obviously great ratios for like a starting pitcher, but he hasn't like helped you that much. But those three could easily get 45 to 50 saves from here on out. Yeah, they're going to get like, yeah, combined, sure. I mean, if they're like 40 maybe, save maybe. guys, they should get 13 each. Right? Yeah. They should get about 35 to 40. At least, at least it's half the. I guess it's a little less than half the year, yeah. but but yeah, that, that that's 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 a crazy. That turned out that well, and you're still going to be in last. No, I'm not. No, that's that's tout. That wasn't labor. Uh, tout okay, on okay. like sixth or seventh. The problem is my hitting is terrible, but I have you know I, I I've had like nothing from Buxton, who's well, he got hurt, but he's playing again today, so he's really had a dead half season. Brantley is really a killer. I mean, in both leagues, he just hasn't really played. Um, but I traded for Lindor. I got Gallo now active. I got, you know, I still well, have. Well, he's uh, problem with Gallo. He's probably going to get sent down now. They just traded for Beltran. Yeah, that's not good. I don't know. I mean, I have, I got more no I picked up, you know, just like it's ale only. So I, You I, love I, Morneau. You can't, you can't quit Morneau. No, he was, I got him for nothing. Like, like as soon as they signed him, I picked him up for nothing. That was a great pickup. I mean, this is an AL only league. People didn't even take it seriously i traded for leonis martin i missed like a month of mabin he's been good since he's been back really yeah. good i've got chris davis and adrian beltre are my mainstays but i've got so much garbage on this team you know guys like avisil garcia's garbage i didn't realize how little he had done for me i didn't i bid on him on this agnostic like oh, i'll go nine he's a full-time guy little pop good park he's got six home runs and 300 at bats He's terrible. Awful. And, and hurting my on-base percentage. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see. My, well, pitching, my pitching's killing it. My pitching's great. You know, it's weird that none of the guys I bought are any good, but it's all Matt Shoemaker and Danny Duffy who I picked up. So you feel some sort of relief not having to worry about uh, DFS every day? Yeah, I, I didn't worry about it. It's not like it was just – it was like you felt compelled to play because it was action. Right? It was something to do. It was like, right. yeah, I want to have a chance to win ten grand, and I, of course, and I'm not going to sit it out. So you start looking into it, and then you set a lineup, and then you'd be like, yeah, but kind of like this angle too. And then you set like ten lineups, and now you're thirty dollars in. And then it starts, and you start tracking it. Ah, oh, cool. One of my guys hit a home run. Sweet. My, you know, thirty dollars is now at one hundred and twenty, and now it's like, okay, I got to start watching. And then an hour later, you go out and do something, go to dinner, whatever. And later that night, you waste another hour sweating it. And then at the end of the night, you're like yeah, no, I sweating whether your 30 is 38 or 28. Like, that's like what you're sweating. Like, did your 30 make 10 bucks or lose 5 bucks? And <laughs> right. then you're like, dude, I spent like how much time doing this? This is a total waste of my life. And it's not even compelling at the end. It's like you know your stakes are low. There's no, you have no upside. But yet, you're hoping, you know, who knows? Maybe this guy's going to hit a grand slam. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is fun, though. I can. I, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's horrible. So I'm glad he's done with it. But if it were available to me, I would play. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so I asked you this on the XM. Um, but I, when I went there to Germany when I was 18 years old, and I was served a, a, a meat, and um, after I was finished eating it, they told me it was horse. Have you, and it's a delicacy supposedly there. Have you still not come across this? I did come across it. Um, so you have. Okay, but All it's right. not so really horse, actually. That's not what it is. That they call it horse, but that doesn't mean what you think it means. Well, I've been telling this story wrong for the past uh, fifteen no, no. years. No, no. When they say horse, 
what they mean is human. Oh, <laughs> even better. I've always wanted to try it. I didn't even realize I had tried that. I've always thought of that. I didn't realize. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's just a, a loose translation. Is that, that That's yes. their, no, their term. I haven't, I haven't come across that shit, dude. I don't know what kind of weirdos you're hanging out with, but that's not, that's not like a thing here, man. And what part of Germany you were in anyway? Uh, whatever part is close to Switzerland. Well, that's probably south, right? So you're probably nowhere near here because Berlin's in the northeast. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So I was in the Germany. I was in the, you know, uh, it's like oh. it's not as big as the U.S. Not even close, but it's you know, it's like there's different parts. It's not not everybody's the same. That makes sense. I was in the affluent part, and you're in the scums. I got it. <laughs> Berlin actually isn't the richest city here. There's more like business. I think like um, Frankfurt is more is a wealthier city, and maybe Munich is too. But Berlin is sort of the – it's the capital, obviously, and it's also sort of the cultural center. And this place is – this is what this is like. This is like New York City if everything were half the price and there were way more trees. It was way greener and there were many more parks and stuff for kids and everyone had a lot better taste. That's kind of what it's like. Well, New York has it's pretty so- good taste, but it's way better taste than L.A. Is Sasha in, um, in school yet? No, she would start September 1st. Okay. So everything's cool. Here's my here's my theory on this place. This place is amazing. Like you go out and you have a couple glasses of wine and you have an appetizer or two and then you have an entree and you have a coffee or dessert and it's Sasha, me, and Heather and it's like 60 euros, which is like 66 bucks. And then you pay a 10% tip because that's why you tip here. So it's like 73 bucks for a dinner that would cost like 140 bucks in L.A. Easy. And you just feel like you're winning. It's just, it's just awesome. And the people are nice and the food's good. You're like, this is great. And you walk around the city and it's bigger. Berlin's uh, footprint is bigger than the five boroughs of, Manhattan, of New York City combined, okay, which is huge. Manhattan is just a tiny part of New York City. This is bigger than the five boroughs combined by a small, a small amount. But this is just a vast city. And there's, like, cool stuff all over. And I'm thinking this – and our apartment is sick. It's like – you could just could not build a place like this, this old 150-year-old place with these windows and everything. And I'm thinking, why isn't everybody living here? Like this should be like the – everybody would be moving here, and why isn't this five times the price of, of what it is? Why isn't it more expensive than London um, or certainly New York? Yeah, it would have probably, would have probably been cheaper. It would have probably been cheaper for me to fly the six of us to Germany and me buy them the steak dinner than it was for me to, to buy everyone strip steak at Mandalay Bay when we were in Vegas recently. Yeah, not quite. But yes, if you, if you were to do it over and over again, it would. I think that it's probably pretty bad in the winter here. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Like okay. if you ever go to Portland in Oregon, it's like in the summer, you're like, this place is amazing. It's green. It's really nice. There's all this outdoor shit to do. It's like all these parks. It's really nice city. But then the shit, doesn't stop raining from like October till May. People can't deal with it. And so it doesn't get, Oh, it doesn't get super expensive and overcrowded because people just can't live there. And I'm, and I'm having a feeling that the winter here, it's, it's cold. It's not gonna be any colder than like, it's not gonna be as cold as like, you know, Minnesota or Wisconsin or something like that. But I think it's like, it gets dark. You know, it's, we're really North here. So it's going to get dark early. It's going to be gray and dark all the time and cold. So that's, I think, what happens. Have you checked in with the people who live in it, you know, renting your house back, back home? Or you, do you have yeah, someone yeah. check in on them? Like, yeah. well, how, are you, how are you? I mean, are you worried about that? I mean, I know well, there you. Was you a, got there's a-, a small fire, right? And <laughs> it, it got contained. I mean, it's, we're going to rebuild. 
on some of the no no it's fine these people they're like they like are, we're gonna pay a caretaker like a hundred bucks a month to just like water the plants and like just make sure of any important mail you know whatever two hundred bucks a month but they wanted to t- get a hundred dollars off on their rent because they're super cheap but they're really good like they're really like on top of shit and be the caretaker so they've been emailing us in detail about shit they're okay on, they're on top of it we got the best tenants they're super neurotic like they're super like like details that they should not even care about but it's good that's really good that's worth the, the hundred dollars off the rent. oh it's great they're so earning it the dude wrote me like a 800 word email and i was like dude you are earning this caretaker thing he's explaining all the stuff that happened this little water thing broke and it's called a plumber and totally it's a nice little nice little racket they're running there i can't wait till you get back and see what they're really doing <laughs> yeah exactly you know as long as they clean up before we get home i don't want to know <laughs> you definitely don't want it's to like, know. It's like Project X. You ever seen the movie Project X? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of it. I know you're talking about. Yeah, I like it. Is that the one? That the was like us. Like what, growing the up, the dad's like proud of him, right? Yeah, at the very like, end, the- he's like, "I wish I had the balls to do something like this." And the dad, actually, speaking of which, the guy who plays the dad, the guy's name's Peter Cook, and that dude used to be in the Hollywood Fantasy Football League that I shot the documentary yeah. on. It's actually, I don't know him anymore, but I used to know the dad a little bit. Nice. I didn't realize that. That's, Project that's X. Cool. That's some serious shit. That's big time. If I know if I know the dad who has three lines in Project X, give me some respect yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, but that movie so was good. That movie dropping, was good. Quit, quit name dropping. No, I know. I know. I got to take it easy. Uh, but that that I, I, that was a legit movie. It, it's it's funny because that movie. Like, I related to that because we did shit like that when we were kids. We didn't start a fire and flame and shoot some dude with a flamethrower and kill him. But we, you know, it was like a, a house party was something where you shit got destroyed. It was bad, right? You didn't want to have one. And if someone else had one, it was, you know, they paid the price. It was a serious thing. And it wasn't always on purpose. It was sometimes just the reckless. Just imagine, you know, having hundreds of like reckless, wasted teenagers at your house so I related to it. You know, I really connected with that movie. And this other, there's this show on, and it's called um, Flaked, okay? I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. Have you heard of it on Netflix? I actually just only know this because I saw you tweet about it. It's okay. actually the only, only so thing I know. What's his By name? the way, wait, real quick, real quick. Everyone should watch The Night Of on HBO. Right. That show is brilliant and really, really good. It's definitely up my alley with, my, with a genre that I like. But you should be watching you should be watching the night of okay. on HBO. I'll see if I, I could probably get it online. I don't know. If, see if the online account works, but Netflix does work. And so the show flaked. It's not like an amazing show, but who's the guy from Arrested Development? What's that guy's name? Uh, you know which, which one? It's a pretty big cast. Which one of one? the brothers, not the guy that's in it, Veep, but the, his brother, who's like the weird guy who's always like off on his own doing something weird, into magic. Yeah, Job. Um, uh, what is? What's the actor's name? Oh, and he plays this like. Dude, who Will Arnett? Will Arnett. Arnett. That is him, right? So he plays this dude who's like the mayor of Venice, okay? And it's all those places you and I went when you hung out with me. Okay. The other room is there, like all that shit, that whole street. This place, Jelena, this restaurant, and he is just like my buddy Whitelaw, who you met. He and but he's not. I mean, he doesn't look like Whitelaw, but he and Whitelaw is like the mayor of Venice. And I'm just so connected with the show because I'm like. This is real. This is exactly how it is. But it got panned. Nobody likes it because they probably didn't live there like I did for five years. What's this on? It's, it, it's on Netflix. 
Okay, it's an epic show. It's like right. not really funny. I mean, it's funny, but it's not really a comedy. It's like a, kind of a biting satire on that place. Maybe that's why people don't like it because it's just the characters. Are, there's no hero. It's kind of like Sideways if it wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just realistic. Right. All right. Cool. I'm not Maybe I'll check it, it out. Hard. It's not great. All right, Liz. What do you want to make this cut this one short? You want to you want to talk some politics? Get, up, get I'm sure you have a couple things off your chest. It's been a few weeks. There's a couple. You know, the, the, the RNC, the DNC happened in between. So there's got to be a, a few. There's like so few. much shit. Like like I'll just say a couple things real quick. Like one is the DNC hack. It might have been the Russians. There's no proof, but of course they latched onto that and wanted to make that the big thing, right? The Russians are rooting for Trump. Let's talk about the Russians. The Russians. The Russians. Trump's in bed with the Russians. They want to keep repeating that because. They don't want to pay attention to the actual uh, contents of the leak, which is they, they conspired to defeat Bernie Sanders. They're not supposed to do that. The DNC is supposed to be this neutral arbiter just trying to get the best candidate in. And instead of being that, they were like in cahoots, which everybody knew. But if you said that, they would have been like, okay, tinfoil hat. Okay, conspiracy theorist. And now that it's proven, never mind that. What about the Russians? Right? <laughs> it's like they don't want to deal with the fact that they cheated. I mean, that's fucked up. Like the candidate, they're trying to unite the party and like people walked out and there were empty seats at the convention and people were booing, but the Clinton campaign set up this noise machine and a whole bunch of other things to drown them out. It was, it was like a whole coordinated professional effort to keep them. They, otherwise you would have heard boos during her speech. There's not, nothing's going to come of it, but that is one thing. The second thing that just kind of doesn't crack me up is disturbing is in my Facebook feed, which is like just people, you know, rather than people you choose to follow. It's like right. it is as if it is honestly my if you just didn't know anything and you just came from another planet, but you could read English and you just looked at my Facebook feed as a source of news, you would think that Trump was literally Hitler, not like, oh, he could be he's doing things like but he was literally Hitler and Hillary Clinton was literally like the crowning achievement of our civilization that this is like the most wonderful thing that ever happened. They never talk about her foreign policy record. And, you know, she hasn't given a press conference in six months. Like, Trump gives one every day and says some crazy shit in every single one. Anyway, it's just, it's a shit show. And, you know, a lot of people are doing that. Okay, well, it's over. You better just vote for the lesser of two evils. And I don't want to vote for the lesser of two evils. I don't want to do it. Um, I'm aware you don't. Um, How good was Obama's speech? I didn't watch it. It's just, Uh, that's that's his specialty. I know, I know. No, I, Delivering I that bullshit speech. He's <laughs> such a good performer. I mean, he is, he's excellent. He could be a professional actor. I mean, he has the timing. He, he has the, you know, the voice. He's got everything. He's very, very poised up there and very good at it. But it's all a bunch of bullshit. Not that it matters, but did you see that uh, Bill fell asleep during Hillary's speech? Who wouldn't, you know? It's just that same <laughs> platitude, 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 bullshit, bullshit. I'm getting money from everybody, and I'm going to do what they tell me, but platitude, platitude. It's just bullshit. I honestly think if, if – I'm not sure who the lesser of two evils is. That's the other problem. Uh, Trump, way worse on Supreme Court environment, right, for uh, people who are at risk minorities, worse. Hillary, every, the whole establishment's behind her. If Trump wanted to start a war, everyone would be like, no way. Hillary, they're going to have bipartisan support for it. All the war profiteers who funded her campaign are going to love it. 
I'm very nervous about her foreign policy, where it's going to take us. You think, oh, well, she's not crazy. She's not going to do anything crazy. Trump's the one who's going to do something crazy. Oh, yeah? How about George Bush? Was he crazy? Did he behave all crazily and seem like a crazy person? No. He was a smooth-behaving, professional-behaving politician and led us into, like, horrible conflicts. I think Hillary is, is as dangerous in that same respect. Yeah, so who, what do you think now? I see the latest, like, 538 uh, kind of fluctuates, but um, I haven't seen the, the, the difference in the polls since the DNC, and I knew that was going to be huge, but um, I think they pretty much give it around a 60-40 odds right now. I, I know you probably don't even really care, frankly, but what would you uh, predict? I think Trump is – I don't know because the whole, the whole media is for her. Like, I don't read anything that's not like, Trump's a maniac – Hillary's doing the sensible X, Y, and Z. Like, I don't, the media is totally in tank for her. But I kind of think Trump's going to win. I think he's a better politician. Like, I think when they get on stage in the debate, he's going to sound like a person. He's going to be annoyed or say something stupid, but he's going to sound like a human being that's having a discussion. And she's going to sound like this robotic scold, and he's going to win. That's what I think is going to probably happen. And no, I mean, she's, yeah, opposite of Obama. She's not very good at speaking, and she's even admitted as such, which I give her credit for. But, right. yeah, she, that, that could be a, definitely a, an issue for her. Yeah, and, like, so she knows all this stuff about policy, and she has all this experience. Well, so did Dick Cheney, you know? I mean, it's just not you – got, you got to make the right call, and she's made terrible calls. So it's not just a bunch of knowledge, right? It's like – you, you could, like, talk to some sabermetrician that knows every single player inside and out and has scouting reports and read everything, but they're always in last place in your fantasy baseball league. It doesn't really matter. It, it's not that it doesn't matter. You should have some floor of knowledge, which Trump probably doesn't even have. But if your judgment's <laughs> terrible, it doesn't really help. If you're basically just being driven by your donors and, you know, and, and I don't really know what she's driven by, honestly. Like, obviously, to get in, elected, she's driven by donors and some of those policies. But I don't even know who she is. I have no idea. Right. All right. Is that a good one? Good enough for our return? Do you need to go to sleep? Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, we could we could have talked a little more sports because I feel like this is light on sports. But you know what? Nobody listens to us for the fucking sports. No, we're going to get into football here real soon. It's it's right. fine. This is, just a, this is just this is just sort of the get back in the Germany, California podcast, the international version of it. Get people back in after a little hiatus. Doesn't matter that we didn't talk about sports. You good with that? Uh, yeah, I touched on the trade deadline. I mean, my Giants traded for Matt Moore and Will Smith and nobody gave cares, up a lot. Nobody cares about a that. lot of people. And um, uh, but there really wasn't anything that that important that happened to, you know, too big a trades. And we'll talk football a lot next, but I, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with yeah. By with, the way, all the shit did. is going in, obviously, that we're talking about right now. I'm not editing this shit out. Oh, I, I didn't plan on you to. OK. All right. OK, that's fine. All right. Cool, man. Good, right. Uh, have fun in Germany and good luck with your uh, your, your your troubles there. I, I assume that they're probably going to kick you out one way or the other. But enjoy your yeah. time while, you know, the next six weeks or whatever it is, two and a half months while you're there. No, I, that's not. I, I'm hoping to be kicked out in 11 and a half months, at which point they will kick me out, at which point I will have a house to go back to. So that's the idea. Right. 
All right. All right, man. Take Take it easy, easy, Don. Later. All right. Later. All right. This is the East Coast Offense Podcast sponsored by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription for just a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value. It's $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. They're going to kill the love of my life. If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.